0: We had an incredible weekend related to the 2024 election. We're going to cover it all. We are going to go through a number of the newsworthy events related to different candidacies and those saying I should be the Republican nominee. We start with the twice indicted, twice arrested, twice impeached, failed former President Donald Trump, who gave a speech in Erie, Pennsylvania, the speech, of course, Try to restate many of the same widely debunked grievances and obvious lies. But one of the interesting things about this speech is that not only did Donald Trump seem visibly confused, losing his train of thought a number of times, it was not a very full crowd. Uh, there were those who started arguing that there were fake images from hours before the speech. Here we have a video, which we will play. is actually a great man. Tomorrow. As you can see, Trump is speaking and there are not only chairs available in the floor seats, as you see in front of us, but there are entire sections that are essentially completely empty. What this means in terms of the future of Trump's campaign, we simply don't know. Trump trying to talk about Cuba and China and becoming confused, unsure what words to even use. Quite a moment. China
1: is building military. Places and places, forts and everything, installations, they're building military in Cuba, (laughs) 71 miles off our coast.
0: Okay, Trump, of course, arguing that if he were president, this would not have been happening. In fact, much of why this is happening, this alliance between China and Cuba is because while President Donald Trump alienated Cuba after closer relations were at least being uh, attempted to be fostered by the Obama administration. So quite interesting that Trump not only confused about that, doesn't realize his own role in what is taking place between China and Cuba. Trump also calling Biden a bitch or I guess a son of a bitch. So I guess he's calling Biden's mom a bitch really quite a discussion to be having when we're talking about a former president of the United States. Smart
1: people they're They know what they're doing. We have they're at the top of their game. We have somebody that's not at the top of his game, never was at the top of a game. Never mm. was. We have a guy who's a dumb son of a bitch and to allow this to happen.
0: And of course, the crowd loves it, the crowd dead for much of the rally. But when Trump would say anti trans things, they came to life. And of course, when he insults Joe Biden, they like that as well. The word salads were frequent. There were many of these word salads. Here is one related to Hunter Biden and the news cycle. And it's not even really clear. Trump knows what he's talking about. The crowd certainly has no idea.
1: Now to cover up his crimes, a target, his political enemies, you see all this stuff coming out about Hunter and then they hit us with another thing yesterday because they want to take away the news cycle. These are vicious. These are vicious, bad people. As you know, Biden has ordered his top political opponent to be arrested. I got to be arrested. They want to arrest me.
0: Remember that there is no evidence whatsoever that Joe Biden has ordered a damn thing.
1: That's only because we're winning, you know, if don't no, think of it, he wants to be arrested. They never taught me that at the Wharton School of Finance right in Philadelphia. We didn't have a course on arrest. We didn't have a course on indictment.
0: <laughs> so these word salads went on all night. They made less sense as the speech went on. And Trump actually speaking just over 100 minutes on the 101st minute of this Castro like endless speech Trump wrapped it up. Trump continues to use this line. They're not indicting me, they're indicting you to try to make his followers collective victims. Of course, Trump's not actually a victim. He's an alleged perpetrator. And of course, this is part of the grift because we now know that a a lion's share of the money Trump is raising is going to his legal defense.
1: They want to try and demean and hurt us, all of us, You know they're not indicting me; they're indicting you. I just happen to be standing in their way. That's all it is. Oh,
0: that's what it is. It's we're all getting indicted when Trump gets indicted, and of course that is very much not the case. But what I can assure you is that if the average random person were accused of the things Trump were accused of, if there was evidence for the average person that they did the things Trump is accused of doing. Uh, they would certainly be getting arrested and indicted. That I can assure you. Trump mentions Mike Pence and the crowd boos naturally by
1: 44 points, 57 to 13.
0: Mike Pence is at five.
1: Well, no, no. (laughs) It's, It's sad. And I don't like to see the way he's being treated, but Mike is at five.
0: Mostly he's being treated poorly by Donald Trump, interestingly enough. The vague mention of supposedly Marxist prosecutors and people in positions of power was brought up. And of course, as always, the question is, who are these Marxists? I've not met a single one the
1: people. So why didn't the corrupt Marxist prosecutors bring these radical and unjustified charges against me two and a half years ago? They had two and a half years two and a half years. Nobody even knew they were looking at it. I don't I don't think they were, but they waited two and a half, almost three years so that they could bring them right in the middle of my presidential election because right. it's election interference. He's now, a there's cro- a
0: couple of facts that make this entire weaponized justice system claim a little bit suspect. One of the problems, of course, is that many of the things Trump is now uh, indicted for and may soon be indicted again for actually are things that took place over the last year. It's not like these were things from twenty seventeen that Trump is now being indicted for. Interestingly, for all the talk about how it's Merrick Garland that won't go after Hunter Biden, most of what Hunter Biden did related to his plea deal or maybe better said much of it actually dates back to when Donald Trump himself was president. So as usual, all of these screeds about weaponization and politicization, these are all attempts by Trump to frame himself as the innocent victim of Democrats and Joe Biden and so on and so forth. And unfortunately for Trump, the facts certainly don't coincide with that. Trump was in Pennsylvania. And although he was not in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, he did continually reference Philly. And he tried to relate or be relatable to the audience by talking about so-called subs, submarine sandwiches. It's not totally clear. Trump knows what he's talking about.
1: So other things, positive things. But right here in Philadelphia, great old Philadelphia. I love the city. What has that city gone to hell or what? And I used to when I was going to school there, we could walk down the streets. People would go that have the, the subs, right? The subs. Right? They'd have all sorts of things. It was great. Now it's so dangerous. You can't walk outside to buy a loaf of bread. It's horrible.
0: Yep. it's just now if you put green chilies on one of your steak and cheeses, they'll steal the chilies from you. It's absolutely horrible stuff. And the fake news media won't tell you that. That's what Trump wants you to believe. And then lastly, here uh, talking about Ron DeSantis, a couple of clips related to that. Trump now claims he's getting phone calls from DeSantis donors wanting to bail which may be true to be perfectly frank
1: last week I started getting phone calls two three four weeks ago hi president I just called to say hello what are the big donors oh I thought you were the De sanctus no weren't you with De sanctus sometimes referred to as de sanctimonious never referred to as DeSantis never of course he did change his name in the middle of the campaign you know that, right?
0: <laughs> it- <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, listen, this may actually be true. Trump may not be lying about that. And here is Trump declaring the Desantis campaign just about dead.
1: Desantis sanctus is gone, Desantis sanctus is gone. He's uh, just about over. I think if he ever made a comeback, it would be the greatest comeback in political history. He's gone. I endorsed him. He was gone before I endorsed him. I endorsed him. You know that, right? I endorsed him. I said, All right. He came in crying. Please, please, you'll do it. I said, You couldn't. <laughs> so,
0: another one of these tears in their eyes stories. Now, Trump may not be wrong. The DeSantis campaign stuck around 18. 18 is not going to get you what you need to win the Republican primary. A uh, Trump over 50 and climbing as of the last 10 days. We will follow the numbers and see where it ends. As far as the Trump rally, not very crowded, same corrosive lies, same visible confusion when Trump gets all tongue tied in these word salads. But if you think Trump's speech was bad, just wait until you hear the things that his rally attendees said. We have interviews with Trump's rally attendees from Erie, Pennsylvania wherein they admit to being in a cult and demand that their political opponents be killed. This is where we are right now. Let's go right into the first interview. Super low energy. Here are some attendees asked really simple questions. What issue do you care about? What do you hope Trump talks about? And they are unable to string together a sentence.
2: What are you hoping to hear today
3: from
0: President Trump? That he's going to make America great again and End China. End China for good. Put an end to it.
3: What's the number one issue that when you go to the polls in November, you're going to be voting for?
4: The number one issue, um, Mm -hmm. well, I want Trump back in the office so that he can clean up the mess we're in. Right.
1: Um, Yeah, voter, um,
0: Get. he belongs back there, and voter um, Fraud. fraud voter. The number one issue for this, sir, is voter. Now, is that a cognitive issue? If so, I don't want to laugh at it. Are these just confused cultists who don't even know what's going on, but they're just following along blindly? Okay, if that is a cognitive issue, then I reserve all judgment and criticism and it should be dealt with medically. Now, uh, the the fact that we can't tell which it is, is very scary. Here is a woman interviewed who is proud of being in the Trump cult?
2: I am a huge Trump supporter, and I was just told yesterday that I was part of a cult and I'm damn proud of it. I'm damn proud I of am. it. Only does he of us. Yeah. He's part of us. He truly is. And the things that they're, they're the liberals are putting his family through is horrendous.
0: All right. So there is a woman proud that she is in a cult. Here is an interview with a guy. Who suggests killing them all? Kill the rhinos. Kill the globalists. Kill their political opponents. The interviewer initially says, "I agree with you. Kill them all." Is the message from Trumpists?
1: Good, good. I'm here to, to, to guarantee Trump gets back in and get rid of the corruption that's in the White House right now. Right? It's a disgrace. These are just Joe Biden's a disgrace to this country.
2: It's a disgrace, and so are all the uh, so the left and the uh, rhinos, you know the globalists. They kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> kill them all. I agree with you on that.
0: I agree with you on that. Kill them all. Kill them all. I agree with you on that. Now remember, before we move on to the to the reporter's apology for agreeing with kill them all, this guy who's speaking with the thin blue line shirt and everybody on camera, these people at least presumably vote, and so do not forget about the importance of us voting to cancel their votes out. The interviewer later clarified that he didn't realize the guy said kill them all when he said, I agree with you. He thought the guy said something
2: else thing that is is trending on Twitter right now. You know, outside we were interviewing a number of people. They were talking about how great the country is, how great uh, the president is. And I heard something else that was spoken, but somebody what I'm hearing that is was said was somebody said, well, let's kill them all. Right. That is not something that I agree with, obviously. Right. Uh, So if there is something that happened where somebody was speaking out there, I didn't hear those words. Right. Spoken. It's very loud outside.
0: He thought the guy said something other than kill them all. So he's taking that back. Here is a woman who equates Trump with Jesus and also
2: calls Trump the king in the house the great Maga King. Great shirt. Thank
4: you. Yeah, Got to support the king. So what's more uh,
2: the King Jesus than the okay, King Trump? How about it? Right?
3: Exactly. Yes. You, you are so correct. Yes. King Jesus first and then King
0: Trump, King Trump. They do see him in that way. And it is all, of course, part of the cultishness. They've also taken to brainwashing children. Here's a bunch of kids who don't know what's going on holding Trump signs. Listen to this. We love Trump. All right, let's go, Brandon, of course, which means F Joe Biden. And then here is another girl who has been brainwashed into saying Trump's the best president ever, except she doesn't know what she's supposed to say about why.
2: What are your thoughts about President Donald Trump? He's the best um, president ever. That's awesome. She said he's the best president ever. Can you tell us why you think President Donald Trump is the best president ever? I don't know. But you like him. Now. He's a good guy. yeah.
0: That is a nasty question, sir. Nasty question. Why is he the best president ever? You're not supposed to ask that. And then lastly, here's a guy who says he personally audited the 2020 election and it's bad, folks. It's really bad.
3: You're supporting Donald Trump.
1: Well, in my case, I'm in it because I got into the audit in New York state. I've seen a lot of things that you're not supposed to see when you're auditing an election.
3: Okay, tell us, what
4: what was your role and what were you guys auditing?
1: Well, I'm the lead in Cattaraugus County, but we're leading the voter rolls in New York State. We found a lot of duplicated voter rolls. No. Yeah, Well, over a million. Mm. A
3: million? Okay, so this is really important, because a lot of people don't understand the importance of voter rolls and why they need to be clean. You know, we've heard a lot of people talk about ballot stuffing or ballot trafficking, like the 2,000 mules thing. You can't do that. You can't just add ballots into the tally unless you have corrupted voter rolls, because those ballots have to be assigned to to a, a voter.
0: Totally logical, right?
3: But at least someone on the roll. Well, they so they
0: created a savings
1: account of extra voters that they can use at their will. Right. And they are doing that. We have the proof. We found the double voting. We've seen the algorithms. Uh, our lead research guy in the New York audit had a peer paper published about his... What- there
0: you go. A peer paper was published. He got the algorithms. They figured it all out. It, it, now in New York, by the way, in 2020, 8 million people voted. This guy says 1 million were duplicates or about 12 and a half percent. Certainly incredible stuff. If it were true, he has presented no evidence, as you might notice. It is getting worse. And the most important message to take away Is these people vote, at least some of them, not all of them, but at least some of them. They're all allowed to vote, and we cannot stay home. We cannot stay home. One of our sponsors is Ounce of Hope, offering high quality THC cannabis products shipped right to your door, anywhere in the US, 100% federally legal, giving my listeners 20% off. Ounce of Hope is an aquaponic cannabis company, which means that their process is sustainably raising fish, using the nutrient rich water from the fish habitat, meaning the fish poop, to feed to the cannabis plants as fertilizer, organic and symbiotic. They donate the fish to local homeless shelters. They donate their excess fish fertilizer to small farms and gardens in their community. So there are many things to love about Ounce of Hope. But what they have for you is just a great variety of cannabis, edibles, topicals, oils and more. They have CBD. They have products with Delta eight and Delta nine THC. Their psychoactive THC products do have the effect associated with marijuana, but it's federally legal because it's made from hemp. So, they can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Unlike other companies that sell Delta 8 and Delta 9 THC products, Ounce of Hope's process is all done in house. So, you know the products arriving at your door are safe and high quality. Ounce of Hope is giving David Pakman Show listeners 20% off everything they offer when you go to ounceofhope.com and use the code PACMAN. That's O U N C E of Hope.com. Code PACMAN for 20 percent off. The info is in the podcast notes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you, nerd wallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to nerd Wallet's smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Something that's been in the news a lot lately is data brokers collecting vast amounts of data about everything you do on your phone and computer where you go, what you look at, they identify patterns in your behavior. And it's really quite disturbing how much data brokers know about us, even our health information. And then we found out that sometimes government agencies like the FBI will buy that information from data brokers to spy on Americans without warrants. Ad companies buy the data to serve you ads. Financial institutions can use the information. The information can even end up on public search sites where anybody can see it. But there is a way to stop it. Our sponsor Incogni is an affordable service that sends automatic data removal requests to data brokers who are required by law to comply. Incogni even follows up with the data brokers to ensure your data is permanently gone. And Incogni keeps you updated every step of the way. I use Incogni myself. It is remarkable what they will accomplish for you. And my audience gets 60% off. Go to incogni.com slash pacman and use the code pacman. That's com slash pacman. Use code pacman for 60% off. The info is in the podcast notes. All right. We looked at some Trump stuff from the weekend. Let's now look at some Robert F. Kennedy Jr. material. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is challenging Joe Biden for the Democratic nomination. His support is coming overwhelmingly from right wingers, including Maga types. He's also overwhelmingly hired right wing consultancies to help with his campaign. But at least nominally running as a Democrat is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Once again, this time during an interview with uh, our friend, to some degree, I appeared on his show not long ago, Patrick Bet David and his valuetainment podcast, the PBD podcast. Here is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. saying there is no question that vaccines cause autism.
3: I don't think there's any scientific question that vaccines cause autism if you actually read the science.
0: If there is if you read the science there is no question that vaccines cause autism here is the same Robert F Kennedy Jr saying the same thing in other interviews this is not something he has said only once
3: The science is so overwhelming on the link between vaccines and autism it needs no further research the research is out there the CDC's own research um, you know the the data that we now have that shows that the CDC knew from uh, 1999, when they went out and researched themselves secretly, uh, uh, they hired a a Belgian uh, epidemiologist and they and, and uh, who ran a team of scientists that went into the vaccine safety data link, which is the biggest repository for vaccine and health information. It's the It's all the data for the top 10 HMOs and there's all right,
0: so you can check out that entire interview. He says there is absolutely no question whatsoever. And then here is uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talking about this with Joe Rogan. But the CDC
3: releases new data every year, and every year it gets worse. It's, it goes from, you know, it's now, I think, 1 in 22 boys. Has the rate of uh, and by, vaccinations changed? as the schedule yeah, the, changed? The rates of vaccinations have gone up. And, you know, the, the mercury has been removed from a lot of the vaccines, but there's aluminum in those vaccines, which, you know, operates along the same uh, biological pathways and does the same kind of damage. It's extremely neurotoxic. And then there's other things, lots of other toxics in the vaccines that, you know, could be responsible. I mean, there's lots, there's hundreds and hundreds of scientific studies that looks at it, but nobody ever
0: reports them. Okay. sometimes a factual claim is made and it just hasn't been proven true, but it hasn't been disproven. With vaccines causing autism, there are really good studies showing the claim is not true. Now to put together a sort of concise story of the background on this, the original claim about vaccines and autism goes back to a guy named Andrew Wakefield, who was a doctor at the time. And in 1998, he proposed the link between the MMR vaccine and autism. It turns out it was based on 11 or 12 children poorly designed study, ethical violations, financial conflicts of interest that weren't disclosed. Paper was ultimately retracted. That still is used as the source link for many of these claims, even though the paper has been retracted. Andrew Wakefield has been has lost his medical license, etc. So that did not prove that vaccines cause autism, but it didn't disprove it. It just hurt that particular claim that they do. You then hear RFK Jr. and others talk about A hundred studies link vaccines to autism. We have talked about that talking point before. The list of 100 studies was compiled by an anti vaccine website. It's been widely debunked by experts. You need only look at each study one by one and you will quickly see some of the studies aren't about vaccines or autism at all. Some of the studies have been retracted. Some have pretty bad methodological flaws. I've already discussed that in detail in another video. So they assert 100 studies prove it they do not. Doesn't disprove it, though. It's just not proof. Then we start getting studies that actually point the other way that do seem to disprove the claim. Numerous studies involving millions of kids showing no link between getting vaccinated and developing autism. 2014 meta analysis of 10 different studies involving almost one point three million children, finds no relationship between autism and vaccines, including MMR, including thimerosal, which is the uh, element that for a while, R.F.K. Junior was talking about. None of it. A Danish study with sixty five hundred kids finds no evidence that the MMR vaccine causes, triggers or unleashes ch- uh, autism in susceptible children. That was the other idea. The vaccines wouldn't cause autism in any kid, but in susceptible kids, it could. Danish study completely debunks that. Japanese study with more than 400 participants finds no association between MMR vaccine and the onset of autism. So then they will often go to okay, it's some ingredients that cause autism, like thimerosal. Thimerosal is a mercury based preservative used in some multi dose vials of vaccines. It's been studied extensively and shown to be safe and not harmful to kids. There's a 2004 review by the Institute of Medicine, which concluded that the evidence favors rejecting the causal relationship between vaccines that contain thimerosal and autism. There have been almost uh, a dozen further studies conducted which find no link between thimerosal containing vaccines and autism. And by the way. The type of mercury used in vaccines, ethyl mercury, is different from the mercury that causes harm. Ethyl mercury is very quickly eliminated by the body, does not accumulate in the brain. Now what about the, the sort of situational claim? Vaccine rates are up and autism rates are up. That might be something. Well, except the increased rate of autism diagnosis is not actually evidence that vaccines cause autism. We spoke with a doctor about this two weeks ago, expert in autism, who explained that better awareness and identification of autism changes to diagnostic criteria. The older age of parents when they have kids may be a factor. It's still being studied. It's unclear that those are the explanations for the growing rates of autism diagnosis. And by the way, there are lots of other correlations with autism uh, diagnosis going up. Are you aware of the fact that if you chart organic food sales and autism diagnosis, it's like a mirror image? Are we to believe that organic food causes autism? We don't actually have any evidence for that. We just have this correlation during the 80s and 90s. The amount of TV watched per day on average went up, 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 up as autism rates increased. Should we be studying that? B populations are down dramatically in exact inverse relation with autism diagnosis rates going up. Should we be studying that? I mean, the answer to all these questions is maybe make a hypothesis and try to test it. But when it comes to the vaccines, it has been studied extensively. And yet Robert F. Kennedy Jr. continues to repeat this. Ron DeSantis's campaign is on life support. And Ron DeSantis's personality is on life support. Here are a couple uh, new clips of Ron DeSantis trying to be personable, trying to relate to people in what we might call a normal way. Here he is. This this is no joke, okay? He's holding a lobster, holding a lobster, and trying to be normal. dear God.
3: I mean, this thing is huge.
2: Is heavy. Yeah, I want little,
0: little so taking a picture with a lobster and honestly, the lobster looks way more at ease than he does. Then he went and, quote, had a beer with people. Here's DeSantis holding a beer. And then doing his crazy laugh, and then saying he's gonna go say hi to everybody, and it's like, dude, could you just relate normally to others for five seconds? <laughs> well, we're, uh, I'm
3: here. I don't know the other one. I'm just kidding. I'm not crying. Okay, all right, okay. all right, it's good, it's good. All right, we'll say hi to
2: everybody.
0: All right, we'll say hi to everybody, folks. The campaign is close to dead. It, it really is. Unless something very serious happens to Trump soon, uh, DeSantis is is just in a dead campaign. As you can see, the trend line for his polling, the green line down the middle of your screen, if you're looking at the if you're watching today, looks very bad. DeSantis down from 31 to 18. He's lost about 42 percent of his support. Trump now climbing once again, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy sort of holding steady at five. Uh, it, it's not looking great, honestly, for anybody other than Donald Trump. At this point in time, we're going to follow it. If you want to see in its full glory the awkwardness of DeSantis, uh, the clips I played will be on our YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. And if you're lucky, maybe even Snapchat. I love my Helix sleep mattress. I've been sleeping on Helix mattresses for years now, which is why I asked them to be a sponsor. You actually take their famous sleep quiz takes just a few minutes to answer questions about your sleep preferences, body type, sleep position, whether you have back pain and Helix will match you with a mattress that's perfect for you, which is really unique and helpful because a lot of people don't know where to start when buying a mattress. I certainly didn't their newest collection of mattresses called Helix Elite come with a built in Glaciotex layer to keep you cool at night, an extra layer of foam for pressure relief and thousands of extra micro coils for best in class support and durability. All of their mattresses ship right to your door, totally free. They come with a 10 or 15 year warranty and you get 100 nights to decide if you like it. My audience also gets a whopping 20% off all orders plus two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com/pacman and enter code helixpartner20 at checkout. That's helixsleep.com/pacman. Then use code helixpartner20 to get 20% off and two free pillows. The info is in the podcast notes. Sometimes making the sustainable choice can kind of feel like a bummer. Many of us have experienced those soggy paper straws and have wondered, is this what I have to do? And of course, I'm sort of kidding. But this is why it's important to celebrate sustainable solutions that work really well, but also help the planet. And a great example is our sponsor, Real Paper. 30 million trees are destroyed every year for toilet paper in the U.S. alone. Real paper makes toilet paper from bamboo. It keeps growing forever. No trees are cut down, and real paper feels like an upgrade from most toilet paper. Super soft, fluffy, affordable. It's not going to feel like a sacrifice or a compromise. You can find real paper at most Target stores and on Target.com. Target carries a convenient 12 pack box, the perfect size to try out. Easy to find, the only bamboo toilet paper, the only option in plastic free packaging. Real paper is a really easy way to fight climate change every day in your home. Make the switch today. Today we will be speaking with Vivek Ramaswamy, who's an entrepreneur candidate in the 2024 Republican primary, also author of the book Woke Inc Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam, which maybe we will have the opportunity to get to. I really appreciate your time today. I know I know you're super busy. I'm going to get right into what. Fortunately or unfortunately is often my first question when we speak to candidates right now. It's just sort of like a sanity check, which I think you will pass, honestly. Um, Is there any way to interpret that Donald Trump actually won the 2020 election or did he lose the 2020 election?
4: The only the way you're framing the question, you're asking me a very specific question. Is there any way here's one important unexplored strand? OK, OK, the Hunter Biden laptop story and its systematic suppression. I'm a data driven guy. Really? I'm a da- I'm a data driven guy. And if you and I think you probably are, too, based on absolutely you know, what little I know. <laughs> so look at the polling data yeah. on the on the aftermath and before and after. There are more than enough people. It's not even by a, a super small margin that say they would have changed their vote had they been exposed to that information before that election the fact is that was systematically suppressed in what was probably the single greatest form of election interference in American history. And there was in a other lot of discussion. Words, uh, if, if I may just finish just to just so get the full freight of my view here. Yeah, There was a lot of discussion about the legitimacy of the 2016 election on the back of Russian election interference that actually, it turns out, was actually much smaller scale than surmised. But on the day of Trump's inauguration, there was a lot of discussion. Hillary Clinton, called the election result illegitimate and said that it was partly the product of Russian election interference. Whatever that was, that pales in comparison, pales to the effect of the systematic suppression on domestic soil of a story that two years later, every news outlet in this country has absolutely admitted was indeed true when it was systematically suppressed at the time. So you ask the question, is there any basis? There's your basis.
0: And it is, do you have an opinion as to is it the the explicit pictures of Hunter that would have in some way changed people's minds or the as of yet unproven claims that Joe Biden is involved in some kind of bribery fraud scheme or like what about so it? So
4: I'm not speaking for the survey respondents, but I okay. can tell you what speaks to me. Yeah, 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 actually, because I wouldn't have changed my vote. I voted for Trump. Right. So I wasn't one of the survey respondents who said I would have changed my vote because of it. Good. So here's, here's what does speak to me. And I think it's, it's relevant. Let's just take this outside the scope of political partisanship. The Burisma payments to Hunter Biden are a deep problem. $5 million paid by a Ukrainian company, privately owned by somebody who at the time was sitting on the National Security Council in Ukraine. Relevant now because A, it did result in an impeachment of a U.S. president who called, that was Trump, who called for further investigation of that in Ukraine. But that wasn't the only geopolitical consequence of it. I think it has deep-seated implications even now for, say say what many people on Russia's side of this say. Well, you have a U.S. president whose son was dealing when that person was vice president with actually the Ukrainian government indirectly accepting what in any other context we would call bribes so much so that President Obama's staff actually raised this with Biden, only to be shouted down by it. This is a bipartisan concern. That's a real issue. Also, the shell companies created to do business with China and the Chinese government, again, paid millions of dollars. That is relevant information on the eve of a presidential election when the fourth largest newspaper in circulation, the New York Post, founded by Alexander Hamilton, had its social media accounts locked, for publishing a story, where okay. you and I would have had our accounts locked for even sending it via direct message or email. So I do think we have to go back and reconcile ourselves with that, have to reckon with that, admit what went wrong if we're actually to move forward in the future. Sweeping that under the rug and and relegating that to be the concern of rubes that live in the middle of the country and are election deniers, I think is the wrong approach for us to heal as a country. I think we have to reckon with the fact that we did that. As a nation, the United States of America, we let that happen. Admit that. Now My view is nations make mistakes. You can move forward if you understand those mistakes, but
0: we have to be open about them. So not to stay on this, but to summarize in terms of a factual vote dumps or sandwiches and ballots under the table or vans backing in Mike Lindell, cyber guys looking for bamboo fibers on the ballots. You're not talking about any of that. You're simply saying had some people known about the allegations related to Hunter Biden at the time, enough people in some states might have changed their votes such that Trump would have gotten to 270. That's your position. If that story had not been
4: systematically top down, suppressed, I gotcha. I think there's good data to suggest it could have changed the result of the
0: election. Okay, good. And the point, again, is not to debate it with you, but to get your position on on the record. It's data driven. So it's not I'm super interested in your campaign because you are right now one of the people that Donald Trump is saying nice things about in general. Uh, he mispronounces your name badly, Ramashwami, which you may care about. You may not. That's for you to decide. But it's, he, it's been it been an affliction in my life, <laughs> I will tell you, <laughs> but,
4: but I've grown used to it. Best efforts are what I appreciate.
0: <laughs> he is generally saying the reason you're surging, uh, he said this Saturday, is because you're actually mostly treating him well, treating him fairly, et cetera. You're roughly polling five percent right now. Real clear politics average. I'm sure there are anecdotal polls that have you higher and lower, but the real clear politics average has you right around five right now. I'm a distant third at five. You're a distant third at five. You do seem to have taken a commanding position ahead of Mike Pence, though, and that we can talk about as well. Maybe my question is, from a practical standpoint, is your perspective on Trump calculated in order to sort of be there In case Trump really can't run a campaign because he gets arrested a third, a fourth, a fifth time, maybe even six, is the idea not to turn off the MAGA voter so that if Trump hits trouble, they go to you rather than maybe DeSantis or somebody else. Is that a consideration? It's not a political calculation. My whole political strategy
4: in this race is to speak the truth, at least share my beliefs, tell the people who I am and what I stand for and leave it to the voters to decide whether that's what they want. Okay. And so if I come out of this election where everybody in this country knows who I am and what I stand for, and that's not what they want, I'm at peace with that. I'm very much at peace with that. And that's exactly the system working as it should. Mm. The more I learn about and the experiences I have, the more difficult I realize how hard that is for certainly me and probably any other candidate to actually achieve that goal. But anyway, the reason I'm saying what I am is I actually do believe that Donald just Trump it. was an effective president. He was an effective president, no doubt about it. I think he was a good president with whom I agree on most policy questions. The reason I'm in this race is that, A, I believe I can take that agenda even further than he did hmm. and unite the country in the process because for whatever reason, and I don't blame him for this, but I think it's just a fact, okay. that about 30% of this country... <laughs> becomes, you know, I would say mentally ill in a certain form, psychiatrically ill. I've heard start, you say that. Yeah. They agree with things that they otherwise wouldn't have agreed with. They start disagreeing with things they otherwise would have agreed with just because he's saying them. Mm. And and I think that for whatever reason, I'm not yet having
0: that effect on people, and I don't think I will.
4: No, and that you allows don't us seem to, to make people crazy.
0: You know, the interesting thing about the psychiatric thing You know, your background is in, if I understand, undergrad biology and then business. Mine is in economics and communication. Neither one of us are doctors. But one of the interesting things is I was in Chicago last weekend. I was sitting very close, close proximity to a table of of uh, MAGA folks who were talking about the primary. And I was just listening in like a fly on the wall. It was an incredible sociological experience as a progressive. I was out of my bubble and they start talking about, uh, you know, who's really in charge? It's Obama through the military and then someone else says, you know, the vaccines, this and that and the other thing. And someone else says, you know, we got to get rid of the deep state. And one guy goes, you know who I like? I like that Indian guy. They didn't know your name. They didn't know your name, but they refer to you as that Indian guy because he's not part of the deep state, et cetera, et cetera. The definition of what we mean by psychiatric illness, a lot of the stuff I'm hearing from folks about JFK juniors alive and all this different conspiracy stuff that surrounds Maga It seems as though when we start just saying psychiatric illness, I don't know if it gets us to where the country is and what would be best for it necessarily, which is why I wonder about this talking point you've come up with about Trump makes a third of the country psychiatrically ill. What's what are you what are you getting at when you say that? That he's too divisive? No, I think that I think that I'm describing the fact of
4: many people in this country disagreeing with policies that they otherwise would have agreed with that okay. I believe are good for this country that Trump believed are good for this country that they put themselves at odds with just because he's the person I arguing for them, like at the Southern border, for example, I went to the speak of Chicago since I'll, I'll, you know, reminded me of my experience of going to Chicago recently.
0: You didn't sit to, next to these people. I sat next to, I'm guessing. No,
4: and actually I, 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 I share, I, I share with you, a commitment to get outside my own bubble too. Yeah, yeah. I I went to the South side of Chicago where Republican candidates don't go. Right. Nearly 90% black audience, most of whom are viewed as deep Democrat country. We held a couple of town halls. I got my haircut at a barbershop. We visited South Shore High School in Chicago, which is partly being converted into an encampment for migrants who are crossing the Southern border. I'll tell you what I found. I found some of the most ardent supporters of sealing the Southern border who I have met in my life, Mm. didn't come at a a conservative MAGA rally, it came on the south side of Chicago. And I think that that's just one example among many. I found some of the fiercest opposition to our war in Ukraine, which by the way, I share in common. Mm. And so I don't think the real partisan boundaries that the media teaches us to accept Those aren't the real divisions in this country right now. I think there are different divisions. They do not track traditional Republican-Democrat boundaries. That's an artificial projection. Are they class divisions more so, or what are they? Well, I I see it as, I cut it through, I think there's some element of class division. I think that there's a deeper division between what I call the managerial class Mm. and the citizen. And I think the managerial class pervades multiple institutions. It's not just in government. That is what we call the deep state. And, And believe me, I... Care about this phenomenon and believe I understand it deeply, but there's a sort of horizontal managerial class—the same kinds of people, if not some of the same people—who are the associate deans of God knows what at a proliferating cancer of managerialism at universities that professionally sit on corporate boards that become the ambassador of God knows what to some third world, you know, or, or sort of second-bit nation as a gig that they take on. This is the under the undersecretary of God knows what in the next administration. It's the rise of the managerial class that wields far more power than our founding fathers ever envisioned. And I think part of what we're missing in this country is a three-branch constitutional republic with three co-equal branches of government, where the people who we elect to run the government in the executive and legislative branches are actually the ones who run the government. That is not the case today. And so I have no doubt that uh, you know there's there's plenty of occasion for folks who... Step outside their bubble, whoever that is, to roll their eyes. And whenever they walk into that other room and walk out and dismiss hmm. well, whoever they heard as a bunch of crazies.
0: Well, Obama's still in charge secretly through the military
4: a little nuts, right? Well, I, let me let me just 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 that's facile. OK, let's okay. just double click on that a little bit. Sure. What's the intuition? What's the intuition there? The intuition is that Joe Biden, the duly elected president of the United States, supposedly the person in charge. Yeah, is actually in charge making the decisions. I don't think he is. I don't think many people in the Democratic Party think that he is. I think it is a managerial class that finds him as a convenient vehicle. For advancing a particular agenda.
0: Okay, I'm, but are there are there you, any of these no. examples you wouldn't defend? Like we've gone to Trump rallies and they say Trump's actually still in charge because the generals swore an oath to him. Are you willing to say there is, is there some version of that one that you think Trump is, is not in
4: charge? That's why he is taking great pains to run for president of the United States. Okay, so that one's that just holding. wrong. That one you're not yeah, going to equivocate but, on. But but no, but but uh, but is it David or Peck? How do you how should I address you? You know, you can call me anything you want, Vivek. Okay, got it. Um. I'll call you David. Uh, so, and thank you for saying my name correctly. It is Vivek. So, he, here's what I will say. I think you and I share this in common. Mm. I'll speak for myself, and I'll, you know, give you the assumption to start with that you share this in common. Is sure. We care about reviving a national identity and a nation we can be proud of that is united around the principles that set us into motion 250 years ago. That's certainly what I care about. I think yeah. that, that is that is still possible in this country. I, I don't know that 20 years from now it'll be possible. I think it's still possible in this country right now. I think you and I are not on the side of a national divorce. If that's the case, then we need to be able to pierce through mm. what somebody, because I, I mean, I went on The Breakfast Club. I don't know if you, did you see that I interview? saw it, of course. Yeah. We did so, so I faced prep. A, Deep prep. So, I appreciate that. Deep, <laughs> deep, <laughs> deep prep. I appreciate deep prep. So, so I had a moment in that interview where I could probably have done to this woman, I forget her name, what you might be able to do to the people who were in that room with you in Illinois, which is to take a speck of what she said and then just say, this is my occasion to bury her. I kind of had that moment on set with Don Lemon and decided yeah. to take it because that Don Lemon's different. I, 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 that's not an objective. Like, my question is, what's what's going on underneath the surface? Yeah. Okay? And I think what's going on underneath the surface in our country, left, right included, is that, We are all starved, not even hungry anymore. We are starved for purpose and meaning and identity at a time in our national history when the things that used to ground us in our identity, faith, patriotism, hard work, family, these things have largely disappeared. That leaves a moral vacuum, a black hole in its wake. And when you have a black hole that runs that deep, poison fills the void. And so, what we need to do is to fill that void with a vision of, in my opinion, American national identity without apology, to dilute that poison to irrelevance. That is what we are starved for as it relates to the conspiracy theorizing on the right. Sure. as As you'll label, okay? So, first of all, I think it's worth just doing a recounting of the last 24 months in this country, right? We were told. That a virus that did not originate in a lab in Wuhan, if you said it did, that you were racist and had your social media accounts locked. Okay.
0: You know, if we we can, now know Vivek, that it originated. Only right? because we, we have limited time and we've yep. gotten this list so many times. Yep. I know where you're going with this, which is sometimes yeah. people have been wrong not about Not Sometimes certain many things. times
4: would be my only point. Because I could go totally for a long fine. time. In the last two years. Yeah. And so we have to we gotta be on a point where I think I think that alone is prima facie evidence, okay, that we're that it's not enough to just point to the ridiculous facial claim that somebody makes and sort of and sort of narrowly solve for. Can you denounce that as false? You're playing the wrong game, especially against the backdrop that is not reading a room correctly. Yeah, where time and again, and it is, and and so you'll cut me off appropriately because you know the list as well as I do. But time and again, it has to be measured against the backdrop of every major instance that has been systematically suppressed has come out to have had some element of truth to it
0: fair. And I, and think, I that think it's against that if it's we have that OK with you so I can hit a couple other things yep. I want to leave it at. I think there's a difference between recognizing that, for example, how effective vaccines are against the latest variant is different than Trump is in control right now because the general swore an a loyalty oath. As long as we can agree those are two different things and we can talk about both we can maybe hit a couple other things. Is that cool? Yeah. Fair. I think we're I think we're on the same page there. Good. Let's pause our interview there with Vivek Ramaswamy running for president on the Republican side. The full conversation will be available on YouTube, youtube.com slash the David Pacman show. We've talked on the show about how Internet service providers have been logging everything their customers do online and selling that data. Tech companies use trackers in websites and apps to collect your data. You can shield yourself from all of it by using a VPN every time you connect to the Internet. The VPN I use is private Internet access. It's the only VPN that has proven multiple times in court they do not log your activity. Our sponsor, Private Internet Access, hides my IP address, prevents big tech from being able to paint a picture of who I am and what I do online, and it works for all of your favorite streaming platforms like Netflix and Hulu to access shows and movies normally only available in other countries. It's one of the only VPNs that works for peer to peer file sharing. And the best part is you can protect unlimited devices with just one account. Going online without private internet access is like leaving your phone unattended in a crowded room. Anyone can just take a glance. My audience gets 83% off. That's just 203 a month. Go to PIAVPN.com slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. Are you tired of using words like very all the time? Very good. Very busy. Very tired. Words can get monotonous. And if you're a non native English speaker who finds it tough to learn new words and remember them and use them in the right way in context, maybe you just need to change your learning approach. I am a non native English speaker. I learned English very young, but when I moved to the United States from Argentina, at the time, speaking only Spanish and the right approach to learning new words is really useful for communicating in any context. You should look into a book by Michael Cavallaro called The EPP Method Three Super Simple Steps to Build and Retain Essential Vocabulary for Adults. They're sponsoring today's show, and you can find it at mpcauthor.com. This book will help you improve your English vocabulary tremendously, even potentially improve verbal scores on standardized tests. It's full of retention exercises, words arranged by themes, examples in context, antonyms, synonyms. My favorite chapter is called An Exploration of Death, which has words like lurid, martyred, macabre. It's how you learn new words quickly, but also retain them for longer. And the book is fantastic, even if you are a native English speaker. Start growing your vocabulary by picking up a copy of the EPP method. Go to mpcauthor.com. That's M as in Mary, P as in Paul, C as in Charles, author.com. The link is in the podcast notes. I want to take a moment to give you the latest chapter in the sad and tragic decline of former Democratic congressman, uh, congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, who now is equating Bidenomics with Nazism. Now, I know you're going to say, David, there's no way there's just no way that she could be saying that. But here is Tulsi Gabbard now listed just as a former Democrat during her latest appearance on Fox News. She says Bidenomics is fascist. And it is National Socialist. Remember, National Socialist is Nazi. That's what Nazi means, that's what it stood for. Can you believe it? Take a listen to this. But what people in Washington are not focusing on enough is. What actually is Bidenomics? Bidenomics essentially is fascism, a kind of national socialism where we have government bureaucrats and and politicians partnering and colluding with these massive corporations and the ultra-rich to make these business deals, uh, picking winners and losers that serve their own self-interest and the interests of the power
2: elite. At the cost of the well-being of the American people, not only today, but in the increasing debt that they are incurring, incurring that will affect us for generations to come.
0: Yeah, uh, decoding Fox News uh, all over this and uh, pr- providing the clip. You know, Tulsi got some attention and got herself this Fox News contributorship and some other nice uh, toys when she famously left the Democratic Party, famously, you know, within some circles, famously left the Democratic Party and um, started doing the anti-trans stuff and the anti-vax stuff and that sort of thing. At this point, it's funny that anyone's even still paying attention to Tulsi Gabbard. But Fox News, listen, they gave her this contract as a contributor and I guess they're, they're going to hold to it. They, they did hire her. Uh, this is just nonsense stuff. You know, Bidenomics is so uncontroversially simple demand side economics pointing in the direction of what some northern European countries do, countries that have very good business environments and significant freedom. When you look at freedom ratings and business freedom ratings and and these sorts of ratings, the whole idea with Bidenomics, it's so stupid because it's so uncontroversial. Boost the middle class. Reduce inequality by investing in public goods and services, infrastructure is a part of that. Biden did this with the Inflation Reduction Act. Give us a path towards clean energy. Give us a path towards improving education, funding education. Give us a path to enhancing and improving access and quality of health care. That's it. That's Bidenomics. There's nothing nationally socialist, a.k.a. Nazi about it. There's there's nothing fascist about it in any way. And this is it's it's fear mongering, but it's very boring fear mongering. You'd have to be very dull or disconnected from reality or only getting your news from Laura Ingram on Fox News, which some of those viewers probably do to fall for something so ridiculous and absurd. And this seems, quite frankly, I I always I don't know. Maybe I'm too empathetic. I almost am feeling bad for Tulsi that nobody's really paying attention to her anymore. She made her big splash. I'm leaving the Democratic Party and I'll go to the and anti-vax rallies and all this stuff. And she got some attention. But it's just it's become so what is she doing? She's doing nothing. I think her podcast certainly seems to be failing. So now it's let me call completely uncontroversial Bidenomics fascist and Nazi. I don't even think most Fox News viewers would fall for it. They'd probably love the rhetoric, right? They love calling stuff whatever just to make it sound bad. But um, this this has an element of sadness because it's just going absolutely nowhere. Last week we talked about Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, a Republican apparently suffering either a small stroke or a seizure. Live during a press conference during he during which he inexplicably went silent, saying nothing for about 20 or 30 seconds. He seemed confused later, insisted he was fine when asked whether he went to the doctor. He didn't say that he did. Many doctors have now weighed in and said that's a medical emergency when that happens, particularly given the fact that he fell down uh, not long ago and given the fact that he is eight over 80 years old. That's an that's an immediate medical emergency. You should be going to an ER. We don't know if that happened. We still don't know if that happened. But increasingly, there are calls for Mitch McConnell to resign. On the other side of this, we have another really sad situation. With Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein. Now, De- De- Dianne Feinstein has announced that she is not running for re-election in 2024. This is the seat that now uh, is a contested seat involving m- multiple Democratic members of Congress, a couple of whom we have interviewed. Adam Schiff is one of them. Uh, Barbara Lee. We've interviewed Katie Porter is another who uh, has not agreed to come on the program uh, up until this time. So Dianne Feinstein will not be um, running for another term, but there are real questions about her cognitive state many reports that she will meet the same person many, 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 many times and every time has no memory of the fact that she met them, um, forgets all sorts of different things. Here is a moment where the vote on an appropriations bill, a defense appropriations bill last week comes to Dianne Feinstein. All she needed to do was say I she, she the, the whole point was to just vote yes. And she launches into a speech um, reading notes. You hear her colleagues trying to stop it. You see staff members coming over, saying, "Just say I." Just say I. She really doesn't seem to know what's going on.
2: Senator Feinstein. Um, Say I. Pardon me. I. Yeah. Uh, To say. So
0: that's one of her colleagues saying, "Just say I," Senator Patty Murray, and uh, Diane Feinstein says, "Yeah," and then starts reading some stuff off a piece of paper.
1: I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides 823 billion. That's an increase of 26 billion for the Department of Defense, and it funds priorities submitted.
0: Now, a staffer is saying, "Just this is the vote now. Just say I." Yeah,
1: just say I. Okay, just. I. Thank you.
0: All right. So some people kind of laugh if this is funny, but this is really very sad. This really is sad. And I got some emails the other day when I said, as a general thing, it would be great to have more folks from younger generations representing the people. And some people said, David, you're being ageist and all of this is terribly ageist. That, that is not at all what I'm talking about. We are talking about a number of people in positions of power here who do seem cognitively compromised. That's not good for anybody. I actually want older folks representing us in general. I want older generations represented among the leadership of the country because we do have we, we do have a society that in some ways is ageist. And I don't want to remove voices from that generation from positions of power. But we also have to be aware of situations where something just doesn't seem to be working right. And with Diane Feinstein, it clearly has gotten very, very bad. I'm not issuing any kind of a diagnosis. We can just tell by looking at what's going on that this is very, very bad. Um, there are calls for her to resign. If that were to happen, Gavin Newsom gets to appoint someone. We've talked about the political implications, but the Mitch McConnell situation, it's not good. The Diane Feinstein situation, it's not good. That is where I will leave it. You judge for yourself what should happen. What is going on? We have a voicemail number, and that number is two one nine two David P. Here is a caller who has identified something very ugly that's happening with my children's book. Listen to this.
3: Hey David, um, I just bought your book off Amazon, and I was wondering if you knew there was other books like. That have the same name as your book with your name in the title. Yeah. Like workbook for Think Like a Detective. an Interaction Guide to David Pakman's Think Like a Detective. And like two or three other exact books with different covers that –
0: this is so ugly. What's going on? There are people who sit around and they look at what are the top books in different categories, even though I basically did everything wrong and somehow wrote a bestseller.
1: I did everything right and they indicted me. OK,
0: the children's book I wrote called Think Like a Detective continues to be the number one new book for children's reference in education. It's a book on critical thinking for kids. We have sold over eighty three hundred copies. This is insane. And as a result of this, a bunch of different I call them clingers, grifters, you might call them. They are they in a day they put together workbooks for my book, the companion to think like a detective, a children's guide to critical thinking by David Pakman. And it's basically just looks like A.I. generated content related to my book with questions or whatever. It's really bad. Now, Amazon has been in touch and they've said if you believe there is copyright infringement here, this is the process to go through. I don't think it is copyright infringement, uh, but my understanding is that it's not. My understanding is this is all legal. But a few people are getting confused about which is the actual book. I also got a couple of emails from people who said, hey, after I bought your book, Amazon emailed me saying, hey, you might be interested in this workbook because you bought Think Like a Detective, which it, it, it's just all horrible. Okay. That's everything I know about it. But accept no substitute, the real book is available at davidpackman dot com slash book. That's the only book I've written at this point in time. Get it for yourself. Get it for a kid. Get it for a nephew. Get it for the local library. Get 20 copies for your kid's class, 8300 copies sold. We're going to make a push to 10,000. I will talk about that uh, at some later point. We've got a great bonus show for you today. We will talk about Joe Biden's new income driven uh, student debt repayment plan. We will talk about a judge blocking an Arkansas law criminalizing libraries and bookstores that have harmful books. Who defines whether they're harmful? Well, that's really the the key to the whole thing. And Florida schools have okayed the use of extremist right wing Prager University content. Um, It's not really a university. For some classes. Scary stuff, all of it on today's bonus show. Sign up at joinpacman.com, get instant access. We'll see you then. New show tomorrow. What a week!